Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. All right, welcome in to another episode of The Weekly. Uh, this is The Weekly number 53. We've actually made it through an entire year of The Weeklies uh, when you look at it based off of the number of weeks, um, which I'm lying to you because we've actually been doing this for more than a year, but hey, it works out just fine. Um, so joining me today, uh, we have our good friend, our good buddy, Matt Tierney. Coming in from Oklahoma City this time. He actually took a plane and traveled back home to Oklahoma City. So, Matt, how are you doing? Return of the Mac. I'm back. New Year's good. How's uh, how's Oklahoma treating you since you've been it's, back? It's been good. I've only been back. Today is my first full day. I uh-huh. got back yesterday evening. And I've just been chilling today. Saw some family. And uh, watched some basketball yesterday. It wasn't good basketball because we didn't necessarily win, but I watched some basketball. Hey. And then, but you know, but hey, Nader's good. <laughs> it is good, dude. We're, we we are going to talk about Nader here coming up, but uh, it's good to have you back in in, in Oklahoma City, man. And uh, we have a uh, we have a full slate of games for you to to watch if you want to go ahead and go to the uh, it's Chesapeake the Arena longest- and watch this. The longest homestand happens to be when I'm back. I'm excited. I'll have to see what I can do. I know the schedule makers worked with you, and they actually oh, got yes. it. Where when you got back to OKC, you could actually see. I called uh, Sam Presti but, on the phone, and I told him the dates of my trips, and he was like, "We'll make that work." I love that. I love that. I love that you and Sam are so so in tune t- together. Yeah, we. I call him Sam. I, he and I are on a first name basis. You should call him Samuel. No, he like he want he prefers Sam actually. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Seems yeah. like such a Samuel with like like his mom would call him Samuel. Like Samuel. Yeah, I think I think it's a more of a family thing. Like if it's if it's just friends, he's like I'd prefer Sam. I don't want to get family and friends you and know, then, you mixed know, up here. His grandma calls him Sammy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not on I'm not on a Sammy level yet. That's mm-hmm. gonna take some time. I need to really get that relationship nice and tight. You know. There we go. And then, then, then maybe when that relationship is nice and tight, like you say, maybe then he can give you some, you know, some insider tidbits when it comes to trade season, which mm-hmm. we're currently in and which we will maybe talk I already about. have some. Maybe oh, I already have some. Tricks. Maybe. Keep All right. the listeners peeled. <laughs> so before we look forward, let's go ahead and look back a little bit uh, and mm-hmm. look at this. Uh, we just had a four game road trip. And before this road trip began, so we went into this road trip on a high uh, because we won that Minnesota game, that wild Minnesota game that went to overtime, you know, where Chris Paul had to tell the officials that somebody was out on the court without their jersey tucked in. They got a technical. 
you know, we got a point from that. And then we, you know, and then Adams did the heave uh, to Dennis Schroeder for, you know, the layup with a second left that tied the game, went to overtime, and we completely throttled them in overtime, which was fun. Um, mm-hmm. And so we went into this, into this four-game road trip. We went on a high, but our pragmatism, I don't know if that's a word, um, but are looking at things without thunder-colored glasses, for most of us, said this road trip was not going to be a good one for the Thunder. You know, we were playing Portland mm-hmm. and Utah. We were playing Sacramento, and then we were playing Denver uh, on the road. All good teams when they're at home. You know, some of them supposed to be some of the elite teams in the West, or they were thought to be the elite teams in the West. Um, and so us going into their arenas to play them, you know, one and three was probably something that we considered, or maybe even zero oh and four, um, that many of us considered. So they come out of it two and two. How do you feel about that? It was uh, not the two and two you would have expected. Definitely, exactly. not. the two wins were against um, probably the two. Well, de- aside from Denver, the two, uh, one of the two biggest Western Conference contenders this year in utah and portland and i was actually just looking this up i was trying to figure it out before we got here but oklahoma city held portland to 36 percent from the field and i'm almost certain if i can find it here in a second i'm almost certain we have held them to their lowest field goal percentage of any team this year i also remember uh maybe last game or the first game they played it was like 29% 29% or something absurd from the field that we wow. held them to. So I'm still trying to look that up. But yeah, we we were amazing defensively uh, in that game. And then, and then you look at Utah, Stephen Adams, I think he's now fully back. I think we can say that with some confidence. Mm-hmm. And, and Rudy Gobert did not, he did not have an answer for him. You didn't really have an answer for him and for uh, Chris Paul either. That one uh, little fake pass spin move mm-hmm. uh, was very fun to watch. I've seen it probably a hundred times now because it's very enjoyable from my end. So defensively, though, in both of those games, that was what really did it. And then you kind of look at the Kings. Uh, I forget the final score. I didn't have a chance to actually watch that game through. But I think I remember it was a pretty low-scoring game, so that just told me that the offense just wasn't really clicking because Sacramento is not exactly the defensive juggernaut of the West. Yeah, it was, it was 93-94. to 94. We lost by one. Right. Yeah, Yeah. so that's pretty low-scoring. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, Denver last night, it was... It, 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 like, if you just took out the first three minutes of that game, or maybe six minutes of that game, we probably would have won because we played so terribly that first half of the first quarter. So, I mean, I I give the I give the whole week about a B plus. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of good things that I saw, but also you know flickers of some scary moments defensively and offensively in last night's game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a solid B plus on my end. I I completely agree. I, um. You know, you look at this at this four game road trip and the first two games, I, you know, I actually think that we were 
kind of riding a high from that Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the good thing was that, you know, back-to-backs are seen negatively a lot of times as far as not giving players enough time to rest, not giving players enough time to kind of, you know, to, to heal from the little the little injuries that happen from day, from game to game, little, you know, bruises here and there. But when you are on a momentum high, back-to-back games can be great because if you're feeling it, if you have that, you know, that, that momentous swing going from game to game, you can ride that until you hit a law or until you hit a break, which would, ha- you know, it's, it's happened to the Thunder many a times during an all-star break. We would be going into the all-star break completely dominating, and then that week off completely throws off our rhythm, and then we come back into the second half of the season and we look like a completely different team mm-hmm. um, than before the all-star break. And so that you know, I kind of see maybe that Minnesota high, you know, that Minnesota game that gave us a high, and we rode that into Portland, we rode that into Utah on back-to-back nights, and we throttled them. You know, we had a good defensive game plan. It was probably a little bit of our defense and them being asleep at the wheel for whatever reason. And we looked very good in those games. And then the Sacramento game happened. It looked like a repeat of the first two games of the road trip, but at the end we faltered. We couldn't score. They went on a little run. They did the whole Buddy Heel shooting threes and the place going mm-hmm. wild. And so we ended up losing that game by one. And then the, the Denver game, again, like you said, defensively we started off horrible. I don't know what was going on with SGA in that game. Um, not good. Not good at all. No, no, no. It, it seemed like they, it seemed like Denver was picking on him, and he was letting them get past him. He was letting them get to the basket, and so those first six minutes, like you said, they set the stage for the rest of the game. And even though we made comebacks, even though we played well the rest of the game, we could never dig ourselves out of the hole that happened in the first six minutes of the game. And so I give it a solid B, man. And, you know, it's we had a couple hiccups. We had a couple you know, slip-ups at the end, but those first two games were great. And, you know, the first 36 to 40 minutes of the Sacramento game were real good. And it's just, you know, the first six minutes of the Denver game and the last six minutes of the Sacramento game kind of set the stage for that 2-2 two and two record. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I just looked up the Portland stats against Oklahoma this year. So they're actually shooting 42% from the field, which is a little more than I expected, but Three-point percentage is at 27% for the Oklahoma City Thunder in three games. So I don't know what's going on with Oklahoma City, but... Our defense they, against them? Yeah, we're allowing 27% from three. Wow. I should have specified Poor. that, yeah. So, I mean, they have Lillard, who we've already seen make like five threes in a row to start some games. So I'm pretty surprised by that stat. Um also, oh, never mind. That's that's not a good statistic. And I mean, that, uh, that, that's with I believe that that was the second game we played against Portland, where Lillard went off at the end and mm-hmm. was just hit three after three. I don't know if that was the first game we played against them or the second one. I believe it was the one in Portland, the first one in Portland. Yeah, uh, that he just went off in the in the fourth quarter and just he was doing everything for them in that fourth quarter. Um, yeah, I remember that game. That game kind of stung a little bit. You know who played great this whole week, Alex? Who? Trailer Nader, as uh, Nick Cage called him on the uh, Saturday or the yeah Saturday game. 
Trailer Nader. It would be so awesome if Nick Cage actually did our games. I do that all the time. Michael Cage. <laughs> that would be so awesome if Nick Cage actually did our games. It'd be... So, it'd be I'll tell you what. I, I don't like to say this too much because I don't want to... I don't want to rustle any feathers the wrong way, but I don't like I don't like his announcing. It's so weird and uncomfortable to me. Like Chris Fisher or Michael Cage? Well, the both of them. They just I mean the both of them, yeah. They they just sound like a couple, like a, a married couple that is on the brink of divorce, but just has to kind of like talk things through and pretend like everything's okay. Like it's so forced. It it's just such forced uh camaraderie between the two of them and it's just it's oh, yeah. so obvious on my end and i'm like just like just get somebody else if it's not working like this is now the second year if it's not working now it's not going to work later yeah. just get somebody else like and i mean bring and back I mean, ryan dawson at least i don't know and i mean the the straw that breaks the camel's back was calling stephen adams an aussie in oh, the, I believe it's a Sacramento game. Like, bro, if there are some things you don't do, so you don't do... You just alienated the entire New Zealand audience, yeah. which is a lot. You he's, don't do that. Yeah. He said, I, I, I really wish I would have kept a collection of the weirdest things he, Michael Cage has said, because the list would be hilarious to read. Back I mean, you, later. Just, you should just go game to game and just, I mean, yeah. you, you can you watch find, a game and just find something weird about it. You can just find, like, five gems in any situation. Like, there should be a drinking game where, when he talks about his church league, when he talks about his, uh, <laughs> yeah. when he talks about the mouse in the house, uh, when he talks about, <laughs> oh, I like that. When he talks about that, you know, if he says those phrases, those catchphrases. folks, he <laughs> says, folks, 250,000 times every single game. It's so dumb. I hate it. If you took a drink, a, t- a shot every time you said one of those key phrases, you would be dead three times dead. over. You'd be dead in the first quarter. <laughs> God, he's just, oh, Michael. He Pitt. tries. He tries, but he's just, he's just not very just, good. Yeah. They could definitely find someone better, but I don't know. I think, I think a lot of people do like him just because he's been around a while. They don't really want change, but I just. I just want nice, one of them to change. Nice, don't get me wrong. He's very every nice. Time, very every good time man. You, every time you see him, like, out and about, every time I see him, like, you know, especially, like, in the media areas and all that, he's very nice. He's very cordial. Um, he just mm-hmm. has that, he just has that, like, aw shucks type right. yes. personality yes. that Oklahomans love. But, like, yes. when you're on it's the professional stage, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's bush league. It's not bush league. It's almost minor league. There we go. Yeah. It's almost minor. You know. He would be perfect for the Oklahoma City Blue. Like he, he'd be great. You could just put him down there, and he could say whatever he wants, and that's fine. But I, I don't care which one of them leaves. If Michael Cage, if people love Michael Cage, he, he can stay by me. Just get rid of one of the two because it's sure. so hard listening to them. Like Chris Fisher's forced laughs whenever Michael Cage does one of his weird jokes. Is just so cringe, and I can't. I, wish I don't like game, it. Which one game we should, we could just give one of them? All right, Chris Fisher truth theorem. That would just be great. Yes, truth, I was going to say theorem that like, would be just so awesome. I just want him to for one game to just snap and be like, "I can't take it anymore, Michael. Just shut up." 
Nobody cares about your Sunday league. You don't even go to church. <laughs> if you say folks one more time. <laughs> All right, so getting back to it. I know we kind of went down a rabbit hole on this one. Trailer Nader. But, yeah, Trailer Nader. Good old Abdul Nader. He has, he has been, he's been, been doing double, great, man. Double-digit games the last three games. He had 10 points in the first half yesterday. He had 15 against Sacramento, including five threes. That's where all his points came from. This dude is killing it. And and he hasn't been horrible defensively. No, he's great. And all which, the haters. Which which kind of leads up. you to which kind of leads to the question. So Terrence Ferguson, like Awkward. he's been out. Yeah, exactly. He's been out the last four or five games. And the Thunder have done just fine without him. They've been probably better offensively, and they haven't lost too much collectively over these last four games on the defensive end. And so at what point do we start? Like you said, at what point does it start to get awkward where, you know, when he gets healthy, we insert him back into the starting lineup, and it's just it goes back to kind of the same way it was where he's just, he's a non-factor offensively and he fouls too much defensively. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard for, I, I can, I can't imagine Billy Donovan's situation whenever that happens, because you don't really want to change what's, what's working. But also mm-hmm. Terrence Ferguson has proved himself to be a good player, role player for this team. So I don't know has what you do. He, like, has he this year? Not I, this year necessarily. Yeah, he I understand just, last but, year, but but last but year his there's situation. There's not a lot of games this year to go off of. He's been in and out so much. I don't know. Like, I I I don't think it's fair to him to be like, yeah, uh, this one guy has been playing well for like a week, so you don't. We're not gonna give it back to you. Like he's he's had two years prior to this. Maybe just one year, but like one and a half at most, where he's proven himself to be a good defender. He's improved his three point shot. Um, I don't know. It's 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 going to be a tough call either way. But the one that's even more awkward, I think, is Deontay Burton being replaced by uh, the Dort Man. Yeah, who is who has been balling his his butt off. And with Deontay Burton's uh, little wrestling, little wrestling mash, yeah, tiff, tiffin and toffin around in the locker room, uh, I, I'm gonna just go ahead and say I don't think we see him again in an Oklahoma City jersey. I, I don't think so either. I think, I honestly think so. Whoever we trade out of the the big names that we have that are likely to get traded. It would not surprise me if he is just included in that, just to kind of yeah. include, include him in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's 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 a minimum salary, so he won't hurt that much. And a team may just be like, hey, instead of just giving us a second rounder, let us, you know, take a look at Burton for a couple months and see how he plays out. You know, and, he's probably better than a second rounder too. You know, like you know what you're getting. Second yeah. rounders fizz out all the time. With him, you'll actually get something. So. I think he's he's a nice little piece to add, and I yeah I totally agree. Oklahoma City is just going to throw him in. They're not going to bring him back after what happened. Like Oklahoma City is one of the teams that's like, you know, it's not like the 
the Rockets or the Clippers situation where there's just like fighting in the locker rooms and everyone comes back. Like if there's any sort of conflict, they're not going to, it's unacceptable for, especially for for a bit player like Deontay, like Deontay, we love him and we love the idea of Deontay being this, you know, this big, tough wing defender type. But in reality, Deontay Burton is, he's an off season away from never playing NBA basketball again. Type mm-hmm. you know type thing, and so I, I agree. You know, I I don't think he he puts on a Thunder uniform again. And if he does, it's it's end of the bench type situation where you know he just gets called back up from the blue and he doesn't play at all. You know that type of stuff. But I, you know, not know not knowing exactly what happened in the locker room or who he was arguing with or who he got into a spat with, um, but he basically got suspended for a game and got demoted. That's not yeah. That's not a that's not a good look for him as far as his his future in in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I uh, I I think this might have just been one of the worst weeks for our friend of the pod, Andrew Schlecht, given the fact he loves Deontay Burton and he has trashed Abdul Nader, and now Deontay Burton's probably gone forever, and Nader has been playing the best basketball he's ever played. So. But That's tough. That's it tough. hasn't been that bad because Dort. Dort. Because they're down to Dort now. They are down been, to Dort. They were down to Dort before. That Dort is a great. I I have trouble. <laughs> I have trouble not saying down to Dort on the Topic Thunder Twitter account because it's just so catchy. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'm like, wait, I can't be promoting another podcast. It just works. It works it just works fine. So, it's perfect. I love it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I've, I've been, I've, I've, I've fallen in love with Dort in this very short time. He's awesome. Uh, he is awesome. He's not. He's not gonna be. You know, he's just too small to be like a significant role player. Uh, but I do think you could give you like five minutes off the bench, and it'd be like really impactful. So he definitely has a spot. It's, it's probably gonna be around where Deontay was. Um, but you know, as soon, as long, I, I I think Dort is very motivated, uh, and as long as he doesn't get into any sort of you know emotional situations, yeah, get into a conflict, I think he's here to stay. So yeah, I think I think everyone in Oklahoma City kind of fell in love with him instantly just because he's he's such a fighter. Like he he's scrappy. He gets the ball. He like that steal in Minnesota game where. Like he just was on the floor diving for it. That was part of the reason we won the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's hard not to love him. He's been great. Yeah, I mean, like we can look at him and we can kind of compare him to Deontay Burton. But the big, you know, the big difference is that Dort is a lot younger than Deontay. Number one, and number two, I I think I think we've seen what Deontay's ceiling is. I don't think we've yet seen what Dort's ceiling is you know it's kind of like if dort ever develops any semblance of a respectable three-point shot shot, you know it's he's he's marcus smart and you literally got marcus smart on a cheap contract because he's still on a two-way you know he's on a two-way and i'm pretty sure near the end of the season probably around march the thunder will go ahead and you know do a uh uh a retro whatever uh what's that called those it's a it's a rookie minimum contract, but that, that uh, starts 
in March and probably goes on for a couple oh. of years. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I said it last week. I, I, I forget what it's called. Yeah, just go listen to last week. She'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked up their... I looked up Lou Dort's because that's an interesting comparison. Marcus Smart and Dort. I'm just trying to see if they're like built kind of the same. So Marcus Smart is 6'3, 227. Lou Dort. Probably like uh, 6'4, 240. Yeah, he's 6'4, 215. What? So yeah. Yeah, that's what it says on Basketball Reference. Maybe he's gained some weight since this. Let that man uh, get in the gym. Yeah. I mean, but they are built basically the same. Like yeah, they are. They are. They you know, they're they're, that's they're interesting. They're, Thick trunked, you know they have mm-hmm. a thick trunk. Uh, they have long arms, and so yeah, I do believe that a good comp physically is Smart, and hopefully, you know, Smart has kind of developed his own jump shot. He's never going to be Steph Curry, but he's not going to be mm-hmm. Andre Robertson either. Um, and so, you know, hopefully, if he can get to that point, we might might have a player on, you know, might have a rotation player on our hands for cheap. He's currently zero for nine from three, so that will he be is, a change. But he shoots them. He does. He's you know, definitely shot nine. That's one of the things about young players that if they don't see that shot go down, they shy away from it. Like you can look at Baisley a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Whenever Baisley's hitting that three pointer, he's shooting it. Whenever he's not hitting it, he sometimes shies away from it, does the pump mm-hmm. fake thing, tries to drive in. Same thing with SGA. You know, Dort is, hey, you give me the shot, I'm going to take it. If I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. You know, and so. Mm-hmm. That's what we've seen out of this four-game sample. I don't know what we're going to see past this, but, you know, it's it's fun to see. It's fun to watch. He's a breath of fresh air, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully he continues to develop with this team. Mm-hmm. I'm looking so, forward to it. So speaking of developmental players, so Davon Hall, it was nice to know you. Mm-hmm. He's no longer our two-way player, and now we have Kevin Hervey in there. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so I like. I mean, whatever. <laughs> We're not. It's not going to really matter. But it's. I, I mean, he's he's been doing well in the G League, so I don't know. Yeah. But well. I mean, so so the a move like this, you know, a lot of people are talking about saying, hey, it's probably a move that says, you know, as we head into trade season, maybe we need a guy on a two way contract that is maybe closer to a stretch four type player than another wing that, you know, that's a point guard slash, you know, shooting guard that, that shoots threes a little bit. Um, so I, I guess they like what they see in Dort enough to where Hall just became a, you know, just somebody that could be cut. Oh, did they cut him or is he in the G League? Uh, so he's no longer in a two-way contract. I'm pretty sure he's still, he can still sign or he can still be on their, gotcha. on their G League team. Um, but yeah, he's not being called up um, as a two-way player. If he does play for the Thunder again, it'll be as probably a ten-day contract type player. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, eh. yeah. I, I never I mean, saw him play, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he went out there a couple times, maybe made a shot or two. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, yeah. We'll always have that preseason game where I think it was the last preseason game he made a whole bunch of threes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. <clears throat> so. Speaking of point guards, things like that. Um, so we have three pretty good point guards. We have three, you know, 
we have the point god in Chris Paul. We have this young up-and-coming point guard, and I say that in parentheses in SGA. Um, and then we also had Schroeder. And so coming into the season, we kind of we we kind of like we talked about Schroeder like he was just like he was just this third guy. That's you know his third point guard on the team, and you know our first two point guards are going to get a whole bunch of minutes. And what are we going to do with Schroeder? Shooter has kind of proven himself to be extremely valuable on this team. Mm-hmm. You know, almost he does, he's the leading scorer on the bench by a significant margin in those games. So he's like, I, I think it's not even like, uh, it, it, there's not a doubt in my mind he's not trying to compete for a starting position somewhere else. I mean, who would it be? Like, who's the second? Like, it would probably be Noel, probably averaging like five or six points a game. Yeah. Or like, uh, I don't think it would be Nader because Nader has done his damage as a starter, not necessarily as a true as a bench true. player. Hammy did a little bit when he was here, but yeah, like that's pretty much it. Like that's their entire offense. So Basley's kind of just quieted yeah. a lot. So yeah, Noel's kind of it. So it's not, I guess, not really that much of competition, but still, he's he's uh he's balling. He's he hooping. He's he's balling. He's He's probably been our most consistent player. Um, and I tell you what, man, I mean, as far as us winning games, he's probably been one of the main reasons why we've won games. Like in that Portland game, um, <clears throat> every time Portland tried to make a comeback, um, it was him and Noel. You know, Noel mm-hmm. was providing the, the some points. He was providing energy. He was providing rebounding. Um, but it was mainly it was mainly Schroeder that was scoring the points. Um, and so – you know, has he been our best point guard on this team? I guess that's my question, you know, and just in, just in in the small sample. I'm not necessarily saying that he is the best point guard on the team. Don't get me wrong. Um, but as far as, you know, 20, 25 games in, has he been our best point guard on the roster? Uh, I think he scores a lot of points, but I don't think he's – very efficient with it so like if you look at so per he's basically neck and neck with sga but chris paul is a 20.6 per dennis is 14.8 so i mean yeah he's offensively great but well he's 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 putting out production offensively but it's not exactly the most efficient and then defensively there's a liability there, but I, I mean, he's, he's like, I said this last year when Westbrook was on the team, nobody is faster than Westbrook, except for maybe Dennis Schroeder. Like he's so fast. Uh, and, that. You don't know. Yeah. He's, Shooter. Yeah. He, he's a ball of energy whenever he drives to the basket. So he's got a very like, great set of skills that could be used in a starting point guard role. I don't know if I would necessarily consider him the best, but I would put him above SGA so far this season just because. He's going through some growing pains. SGA is, he's young. Yeah. So I don't know. I put him at like two, a two B with SGA. Chris Paul, I'd probably put it one. It's okay. That's good. That's good. So, Speaking of Schroeder, um, so this, uh, what, what is today? What, what is today, Matt? I mean, 
Today is something. What was, what is today? I can't, ten days till Christmas? N- no. So ten days mm-hmm. before Christmas would be the fifteenth, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this whole off season, all I've heard is about this specific day, the fifteenth of December. Like, you know, like stuff was gonna go down today. Mm-hmm. Has, stuff. Has Woj mentioned anything about anything happening today? Woj stuff. Mm. Uh, is it is it trade day? So, I think I think trade season has officially opened. It's trade day. Get trade. out your trade machines, everybody. Yes, it is trade day. Trade season has begun. You know, Yay. this is this is like a this is like a hunting season going on right now. We have a certain amount of time before you know we can actually put the guns away. Uh, but for right now, the guns are out. And so it is trade season officially. 80, I think, what is it, 87% of the contracts are now tradable. Uh, there are a couple mm-hmm. contracts out there in the league that, number one, either they have no trade clauses attached to them or um, they were signed after the season started. And so, you know, right. they do not count towards or, or they may become activated later within this trade season before February, I believe it's sixth is the trade deadline. Something like um, that. I know. So for instance, Carmelo Anthony, he can't get traded at all. It's fortunate that he can't be traded. Yeah. It's a shame. I know so and many teams are wanting him. I know they were just all clamoring for him. I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. it was just something to behold, but yeah, so trade season has begun. Um, and so a couple, a little bit of news or not news, but you know, Woj and low rumors and such. Yeah, Adrian Wojnarowski, um, uh, was it Zach Lowe? I think is his first yeah. name. Yeah, Zach Lowe. Uh, they had a they had a podcast where they were talking about um, some trades, some possible trades, some possible destinations for for players. Um, and so a lot of it was focused on on Oklahoma City because you know we're we have the possibility of being sellers. We're definitely not going to be buyers. But we have the possibility. Uh, people have been talking about it recently. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they have. They have. So mm. one of the things they talked about was Dennis Schroeder and the possibility of him going to a team like Minnesota who would like an upgrade. And so I heard this, and I get it as far as it works money-wise and as far as if you compare uh, Jeff Teague to Schroeder, Basically the same player, yeah. except that Teague makes more and he's unrestricted after this year. Yeah. And he's older. Yeah, he's older. He's not as good. He's still good, but he's not as good. And he's older and he's unrestricted after this year. Schroeder still has a year left at $15.5 million, which is a great value contract for somebody that you know mm-hmm. could possibly be a starter in this league. Uh, but I look at this and I look at Minnesota and I wonder – I wonder where they want to go. They have two two young players that are on their max contracts right now. So they should be entering the prime of, of their career either this yeah. season or next season. Um, we're talking about Wiggins and Carl Town. And so does Schroeder move the needle when it comes to those two players? Because they have a pretty good team around them. You know, they have Covington. Um, they have... Mm-hmm. Who else do they have? They have some good young players in Akogi. I mean, yeah, Akogi, and then uh, if 
I mean, Culver hasn't really done much yet, but he's a good young asset they got in the draft if you look yeah. like down the road a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so hypothetically, if you were to, oh, they have Jordan Bell too. He's really good defensively. Uh, so if you look at like, if that trade were to, let's just say they did a straight up Schroeder for Jeff Teague, your starting five is basically uh, Dennis, Covington, Wiggins, Towns, and I guess Dang. I don't know. Gordy like, Jang or, yeah. Jang. I forget how to pronounce his name. But that would be kind of a big roster. So maybe, uh, who is this? Josh Kogi, I guess, would be in the starting lineup. So that would be like Wiggins at the three, Covington at the four, and then Towns at the five. So that's yeah. like a pretty decent starting five. I would, but I would guess, yeah, that, I don't think that really puts them in like championship contenders so i would guess that's not going to be the only move they make if they were to start uh pursuing a dennis for uh t trade um so so here so here's my thing then here's my thing so you have these you have these two young guys and you do not want to miss the opportunity to have these young guys in the primes of their careers Playing in Minnesota, you don't want you don't want to start all over. You don't want a Kevin Love situation. You don't want a Kevin Garnett situation. You mm-hmm. want to finally start to put you know some great memories, some great games together to get this team into the second round, into the conference finals, and possibly into the finals. And so my thinking with this perspective, why don't you go for Chris Paul? You're gonna have you're gonna have a bloated salary regardless. For the next two to three years well i my i guess my counter to that is that if they were to go for a big guy i think it would be d'angelo russell uh just because a like they almost had him in the off season cat mm-hmm. is his best friend basically uh i could see a like there, there's kind of some reason to get rid of D'Angelo if they could get back some assets because they already have Steph and Clay for next year. Yeah. So it's kind of like an awkward starting, uh, starting uh, front court. So, and the money would also work there too if Minnesota threw in, you know, one of their assets because D'Angelo is way better than Jeff. So they would probably have to give up like maybe a Covington, which. Would be un- I would be terrified of Golden State next year if they did that. Oh my god! Uh, or Josh Kogi, like what well, they'd have to give someone a pretty decent, and it would also match the salary. So I don't know. For me, D'Angelo is like the other like possible point guard in this conversation. Aside from Dennis, I just don't think there's any reason for them to get Chris Paul just because it would be yeah. more money than D'Angelo. He's on the downslope of his career. He's not really matching up like his 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 uh prime isn't really matched up at all with the other guys. So True. I I would probably wager it's between Golden State and Oklahoma City at this point. If they're looking for a point guard. They may not even do anything. Who knows? I know, but uh, like if they don't do anything, that's another year lost of Yeah, I I mean town I don't, and, and Wiggins Prime. They have to do something. They have you would think so. It's just I maybe mean, here's the thing, trading Wiggins is probably not an option. Oh no. I mean after the season he's had so far, you'd be so idiotic to do yeah. that. 
So and, I mean, and cats like, there. I mean, you could see cat like wanting out if they don't get D'Angelo. I could see where he's like, hey, you could just pull an Anthony Davis. Just be like, I don't want to be here yeah. anymore. Oh, yeah. that could also happen. So I mean, that that danger is a bit of an incentive for Minnesota to do something. Which hey, I'm I'm okay if they want if they want Schroeder, I'm down with that. Go ahead oh, and yeah. take Schroeder. Give us back Teague. Hell, if you want just if you want to give us back salary, go ahead and give us Gorgie Jang, who has another year left. Toss in a pick or toss in a Kogi, and we'll call it a day. Like mm-hmm. if if we can get if we can get an Akogi or a first round pick, regardless of whether it is you know, first round or uh, whatchamacallit, lottery protected for a couple of years and then turns into two seconds. I'm down mm-hmm. with that because remember what we gave up to get Dennis Schroeder was a heavily protected first that will likely turn into two second rounders for Atlanta. Um, right. So if we can get the same thing back for him, whatever, I'm down. And, you know, and an asset like Jang to maybe trade the next season, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of Chris Paul, like we talked about, um, so one of the things that Lowe and Woj talked about was the fact that Chris Paul will likely not get traded this year, which mm-hmm. we all knew. You know, it's it's basically, you know, he makes too much money. He's at the end of his career. And so he likely will not be a tradable type contract until the final year of his contract. Right. Um yeah, I worry about that. I don't know what Chris Paul is going to be at the end of his contract. Like, what do you mean, like attitude-wise? That definitely, but also just yeah. his skill. Uh, I just—he's definitely going to have his basketball IQ for his entire career, and that will take him a long way for sure. He, I mean, yeah. I forget if we talked about this already, but that um, that video they thunder twitter posted with nick gallo uh where they broke down film was just so cool to see um just because he's got such a great mind for the game so that's going to always be there um but you know he's not going to he's already not as athletic as he was once was um so that's going to really factor into his value and then you're adding on like a couple more million to his contract as his contract progresses yeah yeah each year so i don't know i i hope it's not like i i think ideally next year would be kind of what you're going for and honestly like so we've been talking about chris paul to miami for a while ever since we really got him in the summer um but if you look at miami now like tyler hero has been sensational as a rookie way better than they ever thought Bam has been way better than anyone ever thought yeah. possible at this point. He was an MVP candidate. I think he still might be in the conversation. He's been playing out of his mind. And then you've got, you know, Jimmy Butler, who is in his prime right now. You've got Justice Kendrick Winslow Nunn. on the rise. Kendrick Nunn. You've Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, also great. You've got Dion Waiters, just... <laughs> taking up cap space, overdosing on marijuana. <laughs> oh, Dion, never change. Never uh, change. So I they got they got a bunch of loaded contracts. 
Yeah, and the reason I'm bringing up Dion is because, like, if they wanted to get rid of his contract, they could do that and give him to us and then throw in something else, like a Goran Dragic plus some young assets, and we'd give him Chris Paul. I'm like, that's a win-win for both sides because, like, they need – a like, I think Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler would work pretty well together. Like, they both have that very, like – uh, it's not really an alpha mentality. It's more of just like they, they expect. The they, they both yeah. have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, they both want to win a chip. So they have a chip on their shoulder, so to speak. And then they both are like expecting the best out of their teammates all the mm-hmm. time. So I think they both have that same mentality. They'd work really well together. And you put them together with all those young guys, that's a championship contender. Like, I, I, think, I think they could compete. Maybe not necessarily win, but I think they have a good shot at beating the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals if uh, they make that trade next year. So here, here's where I kind of disagree. So everybody is kind of focusing on the summer of 2021. Mm-hmm. So Giannis is, uh, you know, he, he'll be due for a contract. Yeah. LeBron, once again, you know, if LeBron never ages, then he'll probably still be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Kawhi, Paul, I mean, uh, George, Paul George, they come up for contracts. So, you know, if they want to leave L.A., what's the next great, you know, what's the next best destination? It's going to be Miami. And so if Miami has put together a roster that has Jimmy Butler and then a whole bunch of good players that not only get experience this year, but get experience next year, get more experience Mm -hmm. next year. You know, you're looking at a team that Miami could be like, look, we got Jimmy. We got all these young players on these good contracts. We don't necessarily, you know, it's not like a Miami situation where Miami, yeah, they did. They got LeBron, they got Dwayne Wade, and they got Chris Bosh, and they were great for that three, four-year period. But in that fourth year, you could see that the lack of depth, because they didn't have any money, um, started to affect them. Mm-hmm. And so they could be like, look, we could put together a four or five year run if, you know, hey, Giannis, come down here. or Hey, LeBron, let's do this again. Or, hey, you know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think they want to protect that cap space for 2021. And Chris Paul does not allow that. Right. So, OK, so like the so 2021 is Chris's last year, right? But yeah, contract. that 2021-22 is the last year of his contract. It's the player option for $48 million, I believe. Jeez Louise. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's say Chris Paul is still like about what he is now. Mm-hmm. Do you think any of those guys... 44. 44, okay. Uh, so do you think any of those guys you mentioned, LeBron, Kawhi, whatever... Do you think any of them could be convinced to take a lower contract so that they could take on Chris Paul as well and have a trifecta of like Jimmy, CP3, and then like one other guy around all this young talent? Because that, that's like a guaranteed chip. At least they're going to go to the finals like pretty much every year that they're all together, I think. Yeah. If they keep the whole core, if they bring on like a a Giannis or a, a Kawhi to go like in the backcourt and then Jimmy and Chris in the front. 
Like that's that's deadly. So I don't I mean, know. I, I feel like if you have the incentive for a championship, I don't know. Maybe one of them takes like a a ten million, like one year or two year, uh, ten million a year contract and keep their cap space like relatively now, low. Now, now here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of of maybe trading for Chris this off season is if you can get Chris into a good situation, say like a Miami, then that team can tell Chris, hey, go ahead and cancel oh, the last out. year. You know, opt out of your last yeah. year of your contract, and we'll sign you to like a, let's say a, a 10-year, I mean, I'm sorry, a three-year, <laughs> I don't know, $45 million contract, which basically, you know, it, it, lessens, it lessens what he was going to earn on that last year. Um, but right. maybe they spread it out over a two to three year period, maybe give him a little bit extra. And so it That's looks better to him. And so, you know, the, that team has that, has that option to do that with him. Um, and so that's where, yeah. you know, maybe this off season that can happen, but it has to be, it has to be a team that Chris looks at and says, okay, I'm willing to play ball with you guys. Um, because if not, if it's a rebuilding team, if it's a team that doesn't seem like it has a future, he's just going to be like, nah, I'm going I'm to go ahead and keep my player option. Right, right, exactly. So, I mean, that's interesting. So they they basically have to like trade out the one year forty four for like it's basically the same amount of money, just expanded. Yes, just to make it last year, say forty four million, and so that's that's so forty four million is basically forty five. So just yeah, do either do a, a one year or two year twenty million dollar contract. I mean, a two year forty million dollar contract. Or stretch it out to a three-year, maybe three-year, fifty, or three-year, forty-five, and so that yeah. money is still there. It's just drawn out over time. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I think he might. I, uh, I think he'd actually do that, just because you're now you're getting all the money, but you're also getting to play two more years, and you don't have to worry about like, you know, being too old so that nobody wants you anymore or whatever. Not just, not just play two more years. Two more years, and maybe a championship. Type right. Of- Right, stick around with all those other guys. So yeah, I think. See, Miami would just be perfect for that. Then I, I really hope. Yeah, I really hope they can do that in the off season. But yeah, I, I think everyone in Oklahoma City has already kind of just like accepted that Chris is going to be here for the yeah. whole season, which is fine. He's been great. There's which been is fine no as long as long as his attitude of today that, stays the same. Yeah, his attitude hasn't really been bad at all and i think it's everyone's just kind of like all right let's just just settle down like no don't panic like he's he's just been he's been perfectly fine i think everyone's kind of like secretly waiting for the ball other ball to drop like (laughs) the other other ball to drop are we yeah (laughs) this is a teenage boy (laughs) (laughs) well unfortunately not quite far from the opposite but like you know, he's they're waiting for that like news oh, yeah. that Chris Paul is upset and he wants to be out. Blah blah blah. It hasn't happened yet, but everyone's kind of like on the edge of their seat waiting for it. I mean, hell, so. we we all thought that was Dennis. You know, we all thought Dennis was going to be that guy, um, but he's been he's been a good soldier also. So I mean, look, everything's good until those guys are probably still on the team after February sixth. If those guys are still on the team after February sixth. And we're not necessarily competing for a playoff spot. That's where things can get ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but for right now, I think everybody's playing their part. I think everybody is, you know, has a happy face on, 
and working, trying to work to where they're not on this team anymore, maybe more towards a playoff contending um, type team. That's, mm-hmm. that's more, sh- that's, that's more of a sure thing. You know, we're still playoff contending, but we're not a, a sure thing. Um, and so another thing that Woj and Lowe talked about was the fact that um, Gallinari could stay for this season and then get signed and traded away in the summer, which is a completely, which is a complete surprise to, to a lot of us. You know, we thought if there's going to be anybody that's going to be traded, it's going to be Gallinari. Um, but if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because if the Thunder can take Gallinari and let's say do a three-year, $75 million contract to where he has a, you know, a $25 million price tag on him and some team maybe wants to, I don't know, rev up for 2021 and they want to trade away some of their maybe more toxic assets while attaching some draft picks to it, we can maybe do that exchange. Um, mm-hmm. that's, this is definitely like a John Hamm, David Brandon type question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're looking at sign and trades, and this if is a team not my is over, exactly. If a team is over the luxury tax, what can you trade? What can you not trade? Blah 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 blah. Um, but that, I mean, I, I thought that was just something very interesting, and and maybe this is just this is just Sam Presti turning the rumor mill, you know, trying to get teams that say, oh, no, you know, if he's going to do sign and trade at the end of the season, let's try to get him now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what it sounds I, like. Yeah. Like, I haven't really heard this before until today. Like, I think everyone just assumed it was going to be, like, December 15th, all right, boom. Everyone's lining up, waiting to, to like, Sam's just going to be in his office, like, taking all the requests from all these, like, borderline teams offering things for Danilo because he's been great so far minus yesterday where he went like over 10. We're not going to really talk about that. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, I don't know if I really want a sign and trade at the off season, just cause that means we're probably going to be in the like seven, eight seed conversation. And as much as I am happy, we're a playoff team. We're just going to get smoked by the Lakers or the Clippers. So, I mean, I'd honestly rather just get a better lottery pick. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, I, mean, I guess. It just, it just I, I think, from, from everything I think we're it, programmed to think, you know, about Gallinari and about what we're going to do with the Gallinari, Gallinari to then kind of flip the switch and say, oh, they might keep him and just do a sign and trade at the end of the season just goes kind of counter to everything that this, we thought. This might, now that I'm thinking it through, this might honestly be another tactic by Sam to just be like, hey guys, we're not just going to give him up. Like, you guys have to offer us something good. And if you don't, I'm just going to pull the plug and we're not going to do this. And don't forget, don't forget that Woj just spoke with Sam on a podcast. Right, right. And he did the same thing. Yeah, as far as getting insider information, like if there was something that Sam kind of wanted to sneak under the table and say hey whenever it comes time go ahead and say this this is something that could you know get the wheels turning on on a team who maybe was hesitant to trade for Gallinari to say you know what we need him now instead of you know we can't wait till the end of the season we can't wait to see how you know Portland can't wait to see how this Carmelo Anthony situation works itself out you know what if we can get somebody who we know can hit 42 percent threes can guard a little bit better than Mello, 
where Melo becomes a good bench piece and now, you know, we have Gallinari, then that may be, you know, may force them to be like, okay, we got to do this now. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, I listen, I am not a hater of Carmelo Anthony. I'm not. Oh, but, but there's a reality to the situation. Well, yeah. If, if Carmelo Anthony's playing poorly means that we get better assets for Danilo Gallinari, I'm 100% going to want that. It's not because I hate Carmelo Anthony. It's just I want my team to be better. And it just so happens that it involves him. So I'm, I'm glad he got his NBA Player of the Week a month ago or whatever. But and if I'm being honest, I'd rather him not play well because we need that spot for Gallinari and we need Portland to be desperate enough. They're already still like bottom five, like bottom five team in the West. So they're still in that like desperation yeah. mode. And I don't think they're like just going to be like, all right, well, let's just wait till next season because like Lillard and CJ aren't going to get any younger. They're already in their primes. They can't just waste another year of it. So, so Port- Portland is 10 to 16 and they're, 1.5 games out of the eighth spot, which is right. currently owned by Oklahoma City. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Talk, so talk, and, talk about and I don't think, Right. And I don't even think they're looking at eight. Like they, ha- if they want any chance, they've got to get up into like the four, five, six seed. Because yeah. you're just like the eighth seed is just a guaranteed first round by or first round uh, exit, just because. You know, it's going to be Lakers or Clippers. And um, so, yeah, I think they need to do a lot. In, but, like, one of the biggest things would be to get Gallinari just because he would fit so perfectly into that system. Um, so, I don't know. We're, I think Presti's just kind of playing a game right now with Portland. and Or, uh, you know, like maybe Denver and some other teams. So I, th- I, think, we'll I, think, Presti, I think Presti loves this. Yeah, like, it's, his, it's his specialty. Yeah, I, I don't think he necessarily liked the fact that he got into the situation where, you know, Paul George asked to leave and then he had to trade Russell. I don't, I don't think he liked that. Mm-hmm. But as far as the having assets and playing teams against other teams, I think he loves this part of the GM sure. job. Yeah, that's, that's that's why I love Sam. He's like so good at this type of cat and mouse game where he like gets he gets one team to bite the bite the bait, mm. uh, another team to like fight against each other. He, like he's so good at like uh, diplomacy and manipulation in this in this field that uh, I love it. It's yeah. they should make I want I, I hope they make like a documentary one day after he's like out of the GM field and retired or whatever. And like, just kind of show some inside stories of his about how he did things like that would be super interesting to know. So, so opening up a rabbit hole. So do you see that tweet by uh Steven Bondi of, I don't uh, know, that, uh, where he talked about Sam Presti and if Sam Presti wanted to leave, Oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember that guy tweeting it, but I I remember having a conversation about it. So, so here's my question. And he and here's I kind of put out a tweet that got some people, you know, ruffled, ruffled some feathers. Um, but like in my in my opinion, if Sam Presti ever wants to live down the stench 
of never winning a title with the Thunder after drafting Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden back-to-back-to-back drafts, he kind of has to probably, like, one of two options. He either has to stay here and win a championship here, or he can go to New York or a place like New York, make them, I don't even think he has to win a championship there, maybe make them great again, and then the the stench of not winning a title with OKC may rub off a little bit. And, and what I, and, and what I say by that is that a lot of people, when they talk about a GM, they don't they don't look at they don't look at a GM being selfish and thinking about their own legacy. You know, these guys want to make the Hall of Fame too. These guys want to be known as the greatest GMs ever. Also, it's not just players, it's not just coaches, it's also GMs. Um, and so, you know, if if you know, what's the what's the owner for the the Knicks? Dolan. Dolan. He's yes. Dolan, yeah. yeah, he's Steve's cousin, I think. Yeah. Uh, but if James, <laughs> hopefully not related to Steve. <laughs> but if James Dolan wants to ever be like, look, we want Sam. We're willing to pay him fifteen million a year, and we'll even give Oklahoma City a first round pick. You know, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't fault the guy. I wouldn't fault the guy for leaving Oklahoma City. He's done what he's had to do here. Unfortunately, he never won a championship. Unfortunately, the moves that he made, while some of them were good, some of them were great, others were bad decisions that probably led to them not winning a championship. But uh, you know, it's it's like I, I put that tweet out. A lot of people were like, "Oh no, you know, Sam's going to stay here forever." Sam's not going to stay here forever. You know, there's there's nothing that says that Sam is going to stay here forever. Um, and so. I don't know. I just thought that was something that was very interesting as far as the Thunder fandom mindset over Sam Presti. Like, like the man doesn't have a lifetime contract. True, true. So my counter would be, I mean, you already said it. Like, Sam, Presti's best uh, skill set is being able to use assets to get better basically better assets like he you know, the what's the analogy steve always makes is like dwight taking a thumbtack into like a telescope so like he's great at just taking things and making them better yeah so if you look at if you look at Presti's, uh i guess history here the the two marks that were out of his control Whereas Kevin Durant just being a, a B-word and having Paul George just secretly talking to Kawhi and then dropping a bomb on him and making him or forcing his hand. So the reason he's not won a championship isn't necessarily in his control. There's obviously been other things like the James Harden trade in hindsight wasn't great, but that also had a, that's a little bit of a complicated situation. So there's been things that he has done too that's like out that were in his control, but a lot of them weren't. Like two of the biggest reasons we haven't won a championship were not really in his control. So you take those all of that, you look at the Knicks, who have uh, they'll will have good draft picks for sure. Mm. But what else do they have? They have like Kevin Knox, not that great so far mitchell, mitchell robinson's Robinson. been been pretty good he's probably their best asset 
But then you've got like all these team option players like RJ Randall. They have RJ Barrett, yeah. He hasn't been great, but I mean he's he's young, so we'll see. So I don't know, like you you're going to a team with less assets. Like Oklahoma City's got one of the best. They they've got like the most draft picks except for maybe New Orleans mm-hmm. of any NBA team. So you've got so many so many avenues with which you could work uh into getting new players. Um, but I think that's what Presti loves to do. And I don't see why he would want to just leave what he's started because he was the one that created the Paul George Clippers trade. He got a ton of something out of basically the worst possible situation. So it would be strange for me to see him leave this quickly after he has done all this now let's say four or five years down the road chris paul is gone we've gotten whatever we can for him this and you've got sga kind of entering his prime maybe already in his prime you've got basically all the team together but they're still like not really where you would want them to be then i could see sam moving somewhere Maybe New York, no. maybe somewhere big, like a big, like a Chicago or a Miami or somewhere, somewhere like where players will go to sign for free agency. Because that's probably the worst. That's like the biggest downside for Presti is that he can't. It's so hard to get stars to sign in Oklahoma City. Like they just won't. So, and, and I mean, the only way you can get him is what we're doing now is by getting assets, which he, again, he loves to do. So, yeah. I I don't think he's going anytime soon. But like you said, the future is, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But I don't think it's, I think it's so far away right now that it's not really worth discussing. Like, I think if we're discussing it, the assumption is that he's going to be gone in the next few years. And I don't think that's going to happen mm-hmm. just because of what I said earlier about the assets and like leaving what he's already started. Like you said it yourself too, like, GMs also want to leave a legacy. They they're not. It's not just the players. And I think in, in Presti's mind, his legacy could be, hey, I took like two terrible situations with KD and Paul George leaving, and still made a dynasty. Like that would be one of the biggest legacies a GM can make, not just Oklahoma City, anywhere in the NBA. Like that that type of situation doesn't happen anywhere else. It's never happened anywhere else like that. So to take that and take it to a championship contender team in four or five years, like we would, Sam Presti would probably have a statue. I don't know. Like he'd be completely like immortalized in Oklahoma City. If Sam Presti were to get a statue in Oklahoma City, would it be clean cut Sam Presti or would it be mm, bearded woodsman Sam Presti? I do. I do love me some bearded Sam. I don't know. I do. I, I do like but, him. But everyone knows him for the clean cut. So I guess I'd probably do that. Yeah, probably. But hey, just, maybe maybe we could say clean cut was first dynasty. Mm, and then true. bearded is second dynasty. Maybe we could just have like a five o'clock shadow, Sam. So it's both kind of <laughs> into one. 
All right, so moving on. I think we talked trade talking, which is which is good. I mean, this is this is what we're facing. This is what tis, we're coming up with. Tis the season. Tis the season. And then also, no, well, I mean, we'll we'll look at one of our Twitter questions. So let's move on to Twitter questions. To our listeners, to our Twitter followers, thank you very much. I literally put out a tweet for questions, and I got like eight questions basically within the hour. So that was awesome, and they're great questions. So let's get into it. Um, so Ashley at hi, I'm Ashley. Oh, nine. Hey, um, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Um, so do you see Billy Donovan getting a new contract? Uh, so Ashley thinks he's done a great job with this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly, yeah. I, yeah, I honestly say yes, but like if he does, if he doesn't get a, con- a new contract by the end of the season, then I say no. Like he has to get that extension sometime in season because mm-hmm. Well, why wait till the end of the season if you know this is going to be your guy for the next two to three years? Right. Yeah, I think it. I think it'd be silly to not resign him after the like. Like this is Billy Donovan's perfect roster to coach. Yes. Like a group of young guys. Like that's basically just college, which he's great at. Young guys that actually listen to him. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, Chencho at CMF Oficial. Um, Hi, Chencho. Do you think we could catch the Warriors in the tanking battle if we trade Gallo, Schroeder, and CP3 soon? Or are they too bad for us? Um, I don't uh, think we're catching them. I, uh, I say we could catch them if we did that, but we won't do that. We so won't no. do that, exactly. So I, I think even if you trade Gallo and Schroeder, I think CP3 is too good, good enough. Yeah, yeah, I think CP3 is good enough to at least give us a couple more wins and we're already, you know, we're already far enough ahead of the Warriors that I think those couple of wins will actually push us too far away from being even close to them for challenging for the number 1 pick. And um, the and the Warriors are actively tanking. And I I want to I've had this take out there already, but I want to just make it again. Golden State is trying to lose games. Like Mm-hmm. They're never gonna say it. They're never gonna like admit to that. But the lineups that they're putting out there and the plays that they do at the end of the games when they're close are so bad that you either have an idiotic coach, which may also be true, but it's also they are trying to tank. Like it's there's no question about it. Like the, Steve Kerr is lying through his teeth if he's like, oh, we're trying to compete our best out there every day. No, you're not. Yeah, you're trying to lose. You guys are cowards and you won't want to you don't want to try to win games because you just want to get a good pick next year and put it with Steve or Stephen Clay. And uh, that's it's so stupid, like still compete. You're still a basketball team. Have some some dignity, hearts, dignity, Have some dignity. Have Come some on, Warriors. <sighs> so and. and <laughs> And so, and I think the shine, a little bit of the shine from D'Angelo Russell's season from last year, where he Mm -hmm. was kind of a darling, he was a first-time All-Star, it's kind of wearing thin. Like, he's got that big contract now. It's kind of wearing thin um, because he doesn't help, uh, he hasn't helped this team win at all. I don't think he's trying. Well, I mean, he has to try. Like, players try, man. I don't know, dude. Like, I don't think... 
Like, you mean to tell me you actually think that Draymond Green is okay with them losing games? Absolutely. Like, like if there's something about Draymond that I know is that he's a, he's a competitor. I don't no, think he's think, trying to actively lose games. I think Steve Kerr t- was in the locker room one day and was like, Dre, if you help us with this plan, we will be that championship dynasty you once knew two years ago. And he's like, no. okay, boss. I don't think players do that. I, I do agree players don't play like 75%, uh-huh. but I think the coaches are setting it up to where they don't play well. Like they're not drawing up the right types of offenses for them. They're drawing it up for like the, the Eric pool or whatever guys, Jordan, Jordan pool and like Eric Pascal type of players. They're not, they don't care to win. So they're just helping the young guys that are not as experienced, get a little better. So that next year they'll all be seasoned and ready to go. I, I, I have this, I dude, if you watch their basketball games, they're so bad. Which it's, I don't. Which I don't. Because it's horrible. It's so bad. It's, it's disgusting. And you can't convince me that they are trying to win. They're not. <laughs> so, okay. So, so Chencho, no. I don't think we're going to catch them as far as losing more games than them. No, I, I don't. Because they have no dignity. They have no dignity. They have no heart. Okay, second question from Chencho um, is... Which is the right mindset going into games this season? I'm very confused. I don't Win. know if I have to feel good for W, for wins, or for losses. <laughs> That's so, kind of a funny question. So on Twitter, I've been doing, like, no matter what happens, I'll always post a positive tweet uh-huh. at the end. Of, so if we win, I'm, like, very happy. But if we lose, I also will put, like, a happy video <laughs> and just be like, we're one step close to the lottery now. Like, I mean, look, I'm just taking the approach where it's like everything is a good game. Exactly. Here's here's my advice. You know, we we've gone so long where we sweat every victory and we just break down every loss and just sucks. say, going on with this team. It sucks. Just enjoy this season for what it is. Have fun. You know, have fun with it. If we make the playoffs, awesome. If we don't make the playoffs, awesome. You know, this is. This is not the year for anything. The only thing this year that we want to do is develop SGA, develop Ooh. Darius Baisley, develop Lou Dort, Hami Diallo, Abdul Nader, you yes, know, sir. Terrence Ferguson, see what the heck he can do. Just develop mm-hmm. all these guys and maybe trade away some of our veterans to get some more assets in here because this team is not for this year. This Ooh. team is for... I'm sorry to say this, but four or five years down the line, yeah, you know, that's when you want that team to start competing at a high level. And so you got to get those young guys in here. You got to get those good draft picks. You got to get, so enjoy this year. This year is, this year is house money. That's what every this year day, is. Every day is a good day. Yes. Just, every day, just... every day ice cube rolled by and did not have to use his AK. Every day is a good day. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. So Caleb at Thunder Up Caleb. Hi, Caleb. He, what's up, Caleb? He had three questions. So number one, oh, who do you guys have winning the finals right now? Uh, Lakers. Uh, good question. Uh, yeah, Lakers. 
Um, Milwaukee's been really good, but they're also in the East. So speaking, speaking of, did you know they're, they're they've won eighteen games in a row? Yep, eighteen. But it's again, it's the East. I like, did. I know that. Conversely, did you know that New Orleans has lost twelve, 12 games in a row? I did not yeah, know they that suck. either. Wow. Poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I believe I, I think the finals is going to be um, Milwaukee, Lakers, Milwaukee versus Lakers, yeah. and I think you know Lakers will win. That um, said, I I don't know. I feel like it's just dumb of us to not put Kawhi in there in the finals. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like like he's he's incredible. True, but I, I well I mean there's there's two parts too. I, I don't think I don't think L A Clippers have anybody that can match up match up with Anthony Davis at all. Yeah, I don't think Montrezl can hold him. I don't think uh, Zubac can hold him. So I don't think they have anybody that can match with him. But conversely, on the perimeter, LeBron's good, but he's not guard Kawhi and Paul George good. Yeah, I mean they have Danny Green, who's a good defender. But yeah, other than that, like it's going to be interesting. I. The Lakers have been playing better, but also, like, the Clippers are resting way more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. we've yeah, seen that that works pretty well for Kawhi. So now that I'm kind of talking it through, I might put Clippers in there. Um, Let's just say Los Angeles will be in the finals. Los Angeles, yeah. That's, that's my <laughs> And, that's and my Los pick. Angeles will probably win it. Los Angeles shall win the championship. Whether it's the Lakers or Clippers, eh, we'll see. All right, question mm-hmm. number two. I know it hurts, but if Steven Adams were to get moved, where's the most realistic trade destination? So I heard this on a radio station recently. I think it was like NBA Sirius XM. And they were talking about Steven to Boston like it was basically a done deal. And they were like, oh, yeah, just trade him for like Gordon Hayward. And that should probably work for both sides. And I was like, what? Why would we ever want Gordon Hayward? But they we were don't, just like, but, he, but we don't want Gordon Hayward. But here's yeah. the thing, you know, what we do want that Memphis pick. That 2020 Memphis pick would be beautiful. Yeah, that's. They didn't really say anything about that, but if they threw that, that's unprotected too, right? It's a uh, top six to it's top six this year, unprotected okay. next year. Okay. Yeah, I would want that pick. So if they threw in Gordon and the pick for Steven maybe i probably would want like somebody else to fill in steven's role but i don't know steven to boston is interesting they need a center and his canter is not going to do it they're trying to catch up to milwaukee yeah i, I mean they, they started off they started off very well this season um mm-hmm. I, I think teams have finally kind of started to figure them out and i yeah. think you know it's kind of jason tatum that first year, he looked like he was going to be a superstar. You know, he looked like he was going to be like the next coming of Grant Hill. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't really developed since that first year that much. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown is their guy. Yeah, like, I think, I think he's are... the best. I think he's the best guy on that team. And, but Jason Tatum is good. But Jalen Jalen's the guy. Marcus Smart, also very good. They just need a center. Uh, and yeah, they have Kemba too. So like they've got everything figured out except for that backcourt. And Steve would be great for them because that, like, Kimba, uh, Jalen, Marcus Smart, like, all four of them, really, and Gordon Hayward, they're all shooters. 
Yeah. So all you really need is just a guy down low to do rebounding, and that's exactly what Steven does. All right. So some of these questions we're going to have to hold off until next week. Um, got a little bit of NBA news. So Luka Doncic hurt his ankle. It looked pretty painful. Not good. Uh, not good. Not good at all for Dallas. I, I, Dallas is number three in the West. I think when he gets back, they won't be number three in the West anymore. I think. Has there been any news about his timetable? Um, it was a. They said it was a moderate one. Um, okay. so I would figure he's probably out for about probably two to four weeks. So okay. you're probably looking at about ten games, maybe. And yeah. Dallas, like, like Doncic is everything for them. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I but, do love watching him play too. So that's kind of that kind of. And it kind of sucked because you know we play them New Year's Eve, and yeah, I would want to play against. Him. I would have loved to have seen Doncic. You know, he's 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 yeah. that dude. He's that dude this year. Yeah. Um, so he yeah, so he's gonna be out for a while. Um, David Stern, the former commissioner, and he's now the commissioner emeritus. Um, he, mm-hmm. uh, he suffered a brain bleed, so prayers out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking into next week, so we got four games next week. Uh, Monday, we got it's a four-game homestand, like we mentioned earlier in the pod. Uh, so we mm-hmm. got the Bulls, we got the Grizzlies, we got Suns, and then we got the Clippers. Alternating days. We don't have any back-to-backs this week. Um, so, basically, looking at the first three games, Bulls, Grizzlies, Suns, I think these are going to be the first three games of the season, or the, at least the first three games in a row, that the Thunder will be favored. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Bulls, Grizzlies, Suns, they're not very good. Um, the Bulls are going to, they're 10 and 18. Uh, the Grizzlies are, what are they, 9 and 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Phoenix is 11 and 14. And Phoenix, we're actually competing with them for that eighth seed in in the West. Slash slash the la- the 14th spot in the lottery. Yes, no. Exactly. Depending on whether your glass is half empty or half full. So, I mean, these games are all winnable. Um, you know, there's there's nothing really to talk about these games. There's no notable player that you know maybe Ja, ja Moran if if you know if you're into this yeah. year's. Play. Um, but as far I'm as I'm excited to watch him play, and I, you know, they're all bipolar teams. Some nights they mm-hmm. look great, and some nights they look horrible. Yeah, I, I also am excited to see Kobe White. Um, just because okay, I haven't seen him, I haven't seen him play yet that much. Um, so I just looked at so Oklahoma City is a six point spread against Chicago. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty good line. I was trying to see if I would bet okay, see or not on that. But yeah, that's I'd say about five to ten points. That's a win by about that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think it's a pretty good chance. We, see, this is where it gets dangerous too, is because we might go three and oh, and that should put us right at 500 again. And now we're back in the conversation of like, do we go for it? Yeah, and then, sure. and then it's like, well, then we're not going to trade people. And then, and we're not, and then we're not going to get a good draft pick. And like, I don't know, it just starts a whole conversation. I hope we don't have to go down. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, I think we've made it past the most difficult part of our schedule. Um, and so, right. 
you know, this is a very, any, anything, this is a very easy few weeks for us. It is. It's going to be a weird few weeks because, you know, if if we do good and if we start to maybe get above the Mendoza line, you know, above 500, then I don't know. Does the philosophy of this team truly change? You know, do do we still go into it wanting to trade Gallo? Do we still go into it wanting to, you know, trade Schroeder? You know, you know, bi- businessmen are businessmen. And so the owner of this team, if they can somehow make a little bit extra money this year while also maybe preserving the pick, which is top 20 protected, our pick is, you know, why not make a run at it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The, but the, go ahead. I was, I was about to say exactly what you were going to say. And then we move on to Paul George back yeah, in Oklahoma then, City. And then the final, the final game of of that is against the Clippers. Um, you know, Paul George, Kawhi. Honestly, more than likely, one of them will sit out. Yeah, they basically just don't ever play together. Especially. Yeah, they don't. And w- and when they do, they score forty points each in the same game. Yeah, it's like maybe do that more often. <laughs> but yeah, so then we play them, and last time we played them, it was a close game. You know, Paul George ended up hitting what what was the the game winning shot, um, and so not great. But I mean, we weren't expected to be that close to them anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And so maybe coming into the friendly confines of the peak, you know, maybe we we do what we have to do to end, you know, to win that game. And so how on a scale of like, um, I don't know, zero to Kevin Durant, how much do you think he'll be booed coming back to Oklahoma City? Um, Reggie Jackson. Hmm. So not terribly bad. I'd oh, I think, no, I think I think he'll get some, he'll get some vitriol. He'll get yeah, some but hate. Reggie wasn't terrible, terrible. Yeah, I mean he didn't have like the cupcake signs. Exactly. The, we're we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna. This is not gonna be a. I don't know what the antithesis antithesis of a national holiday is, but you know when <laughs> Kevin Durant came to town that first time, it was like. You know, it was let's, you know, we're, we're all together in this. Let's, you know, let's yeah. cheer this guy out of this, out of the building. I don't think it's going to be that bad, um, but I do think he's going to get some booze. I think it's going to be on like a Patrick Beverly type of, of. Uh, so every time eight. he touches the ball. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. I can see that. Also, by the way, I just looked up, speaking of him, I looked up their injury report, Beverly and Lou Williams. Are currently day to day. Who knows if that actually will matter by the time we actually play them, but just something to look for. Oh, Lou so, Williams will play against us. He always does, and and Beverly will play against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what is your predictions for this week? We got four games. What's your predictions? I'm going three and one. But. Um, given the trajectory of this team, our one loss is probably going to be against Memphis. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to say two and two, and I'm going to say we lose the Clippers game, and I'm going to say we lose, weirdly, the Bulls game. Yeah. There's always, there's always a team that, like, you pencil in as a win, and it's like, oh, never mind, lost by 30. Exactly. <laughs> You know, it's, it, I, I did the uh, I did the recap for the Portland game. 
you know, and I said that this team, you can never, you can never look at the schedule and pencil in a win. Yeah, never. You, know, you can never you, pencil in a loss either. Exactly. You can never pencil in a loss, but you can never pencil in, you could definitely not pencil in a win. Yeah. Um, and so that is, you know, that's, that is the, you know, that's the, the, the trajectory of this team that we have currently is that, you know, every game you go into it, enjoy that game and you never know what the outcome is going to be. You know, that's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a lost art when it comes to Thunder basketball. Like we went into every year thinking, you know, oh, this team, this team, we're going to win against this team, this team, this team, you know, it's going to be a battle. Um, now we we don't know, and that, that makes basketball kind of fun. That makes following this team kind of fun. Um, so, do you have any final words? Any final comments? Um, anything you want to plug? I know you were working on something. Oh, what are we working on? Or do you want to keep that hidden for a little bit? I don't even know what you're referring to. Can you give me uh, a hint? <laughs> I don't know videos uh i already dropped one yes which is pretty good you're talking about the star wars one i don't know what else i'm working on oh you're not working on another one i thought you were Uh, i mean maybe i I haven't started one oh okay okay (laughs) so i will be though there will be one at some point i just don't want don't know what it is yet oh okay cool cool but i mean so you will i thought you were talking yeah, Some yeah. video I'll editing doing, here in the future. Yeah, I'll be I'll be posting stuff for sure. And I've got, you know, over the holidays I'll have a lot more time. So we'll be pumping stuff out on the on the regular. So well, that's good. look forward so, to that. So with that said, um, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Um, so our Twitter handle is gonna be at OKC Topic Thunder. Uh, make sure you listen to us wherever you get your podcast, whether it is Stitcher, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. If you do Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Uh, make sure that you know you go ahead and click on that five-star. And if you want to leave a comment, that's great. We do read all the comments, and we do love you know that interaction as far as seeing how we're doing. Um, and but outside of that. As always, thunder up. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, before wait. we leave, um, we had let's see, five, five, uh, five star reviews that left comments, and I just wanted to shout them out real quick. Go ahead, uh, go ahead. Brax, Brax Caples, Houston J Grant, <laughs> someone who doesn't have a name, uh, Evan Troy, and. Haley, Lorena, all of you, thank you very much for the kind words, and we appreciate you supporting us. It means a lot. Definitely. You guys rock. You guys rock. And as we say at at the end of every podcast, thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.